0: Welcome to PRISM, a podcast meant to inform and encourage church leaders. Here we'll cover every area of church life, from assimilation to personal care and everything in between. So, regardless of the size, type, or location, PRISM will be a guiding light for brighter churches everywhere. And now here's your host, Neil Scoggins.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Prism Podcast. We are so glad that you've decided to join us on today. Listen, there's a a little element that we'd love to add to you guys. Uh, We'd love for you to review and to make comments directly on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Again, Prism Podcast, shining the light and experiencing all the nuances of different churches, whether they're existing churches, church plants, replants, or uh, just a thought of a brand new church. I had the opportunity recently to interview George Ross. Now, George Ross is the Send Network South Regional Director, and he's based out of New Orleans. Yeah, I think he actually went to New Orleans Seminary. A great time with him. He was actually in Little Rock with uh, some folks that, uh, some church planters and existing churches and church sponsors, uh, that uh, he shared something with us. It was a church planting summit. And he talked about a couple of things. It was a biblical model of church planning. We'll get into that in the podcast. And also he talked about the difference between the model of planning a church and engaging the city. A great conversation that I had with George Ross. Listen, if you want to make comments and we'll read those if you do make those comments here on the Prison Podcast. But here's my conversation with George Ross. George, I'm so grateful that you are with us today. George Ross. George, what is your what is your legitimate title? Now I asked you earlier now, you're going to have to explain it to me again. What's your legitimate title?
0: My title with the North American Mission Board, I'm the South Region Director.
1: South Region, and that's 45 states that <laughs> <laughs> we've been in the South. Not yeah. yeah. That's yeah.
0: 13 states, uh, literally Virginia, Kentucky, um, Oklahoma down.
1: Gotcha. Virginia, Kentucky. All the way over to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then going all the way down. Correct, and it's all those thirteen states. Thirteen states. And so, what does that mean? With so what's your what's your role in all of that?
0: Well, we have new partnerships with Sin Network, so you yeah. guys are a part of that here in Arkansas. Yeah, and CIN we're Network. excited about it too. It's, I am as well. It's going to be a great partnership. And it has been, a, you know, we've been partnering for a long time anyway. Yeah, yeah. especially is, with you in New Orleans. Yeah, Nevada. and this is kind of formalizing that uh, even more in a greater way with Sin Network. Yeah. But we have Sin Network Virginia, Sin Network Florida, Sin Network Arkansas, Sin Network North Carolina, Oklahoma, and SBTC okay. are our partner states in the South. My role is to help facilitate that sin network church planning strategy with those partners in those states.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Now, with PRISM, you know, there are a lot of different churches that we talk about and that leaders that we talk to. We just finished a a summit that you taught. I really wish that there is a way that we could have recorded that summit because a lot of things that you talked about in that summit were major uh let me just kind of drift to a couple of things you talked about there was a model of ministry and how we plant churches that you talked about early on and you said the uh the earlier way of planting a church you talked about gathering a group of people i'm gonna mess it up so you are going to have to fix yeah, yeah. it yeah you talked about gathering a group of people then making disciples. It's like we did it backwards. We gathered a group who made disciples. And then engaged the city. And then engaged the city. Yeah. So the engagement of the city was the very last thing that we ended up doing. But you were saying, what if we kind of flipped that around? And you talked about, talk about, if you will, those three different elements or pieces, uh, and and, and really named it biblical church planting.
0: Yeah, part of what I shared today, that biblical church planting model, you know, I use four E's to show from Scripture we're called to engage a community or city. Paul does that in that early part of Acts, the early missionary journeys, He'll go in and engage that city. Sometimes he's engaging it from a Jewish philosophical worldview, sometimes from a Roman Greek philosophical worldview. So we see engaging the city. Then we see evangelizing, uh, evangelization. Paul is preaching about the resurrected Christ and calling people to respond to that, and then it's equipping believers. uh, Those people that have come to Christ are equipped into the faith, and then we see in Scripture the establishment of the church. Paul will go back in Acts to those churches that have been uh, started with Folks that have came to Christ, yeah. and he'll establish it by appointing elders. Uh, by the time Philippians is written, it's about ten years between Acts sixteen and Philippians chapter one, yeah. the beginning of Philippians uh, says to the saints, uh, elders and deacons, deacons. the saints, overseers. So there's a structure there. Yeah. There's an establishment of that church in that passage. So what I use those three words for in our time today. Most of our church planning strategies have been around, okay, I'm going to go to a city or a community, I'm going to plant a church, make disciples, and engage the city, yeah. when the biblical model is engage the city, make disciples, plant a church.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: we need to make sure that our methodology is in line with Scripture, yeah. and that's what Scripture calls us to do in church planning.
1: Yeah, there's a book when I was in seminary called Planting Healthy Church. It may, may have been a Stetzer book, Ed mm-hmm. Stetzer book. And... What do you think is one of the reasons why? Do you think that model reversal? was the reason why that some churches were planting healthy. You mentioned a stat that said that yeah, we used to go on, if a church started and it lasted five, it was only 50% or less than 50% that lasted beyond so long. And you're saying, hey, it's more like 80% now is how we're... And I don't know if you were saying that that's churches in general or they just in the area that we're in or...
0: In the SIN Network framework, which I center. can speak, okay. speak to, gotcha. uh, we know that over 80% of churches are making it after five years. That's gotcha. a great number... Uh, you know, some people are throwing numbers out there that 50% of all church plants die. That is not true in the SID Network. So gotcha. that 80% number. Now, in places, it varies. Like in New Orleans, we don't have 80%. We have around 72%, 73%, still good. which is still really good for yeah. a city like New Orleans. Yeah. But that healthy church planning model, uh, a huge part of that is the partnerships that we've been able able to put together through some networks, conventions, associations, and local churches, churches plant churches.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you said that over and over again, denominations don't plant churches, associations don't plant churches, state conventions don't, churches actually plant churches. Because again, like you said before, that's a biblical model. Do you think that there are more churches now that are shifting to that model, shifting to that engage the city, then make disciples, then plant the church, or out of another model to start? Or are they doing that because uh, they're just, we're going back to that biblical model? Do you think that, I don't know how to even ask that question, but you see, because a lot of times we start doing things and it's based on, hey, here's a model, let's jump out here and try. Or are we just hungry? to go back to the basics and say, you know what, how did Paul do it? How how did the Lord tell us to, how does scripture lay out for us to do it? Is it, is it both and, is it either or? I
0: think there are a lot of factors that are playing out in our culture. I do think there is a a trend right now to embrace more of a healthy model, biblical model of church planting. We're certainly not where we need to be, but there's certainly a, a trend to, Uh, engage cities, make disciples, and plant churches. And one of the reasons I think that that's a trend is maybe not as so much of even going back to the biblical model. And I want to say, hey, I hope it is. (laughs) But really, to be honest, it's that culturally, we are more culturally lost than we've ever been. People are farther away from the Lord. People are disconnecting from church. People, uh, you know, stats tell us clearly church numbers are declining. So we live in a culture that's increasingly lost. Yeah. And not only is it increasingly lost, it's increasingly, um, I'm gonna use this word carefully, hostile yes. to the gospel. Yes. And yes. because of that, I think people recognize the importance of evangelism and engaging cities because. Uh, there's not enough people wanting to go uh, to plant churches. Right. And if someone's going to go out there and plant a church, they recognize they're going to have to engage that city with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, because I remember when I planted the first time, man, it was like engaging the city was just a strategy in being able to keep, Meeting a the seat, you yeah. know, at the church. Hey, you, you start losing folks. Well, hey, let's go connect with the school. Let's go connect with somebody else. George, you have, and I told you this earlier, <clears throat> your story of being a church planter, church replanter, blesses me personally, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of how you laid your story out. Uh, tell me a little bit about, well, first of all, for the folks that don't know the difference between a church plant, an existing church, and a replant, what would be the difference, simple third-grade definition of a difference between a church plant and a
0: replant? A replant's always going to have an existing congregation that you are uh, shepherding. Gotcha. So when you think about planting, you're planting where there is no work. Gotcha. A replant is taking an existing work that has voluntarily, uh, chosen to close their doors yeah. and you're starting a new work, but you're working with existing people there. So there's there's a shepherding aspect to replanting that's usually not in the initial part of church planting.
1: And it's typically a shift in leadership, sometimes, not all the time. There uh, is
0: typically a shift in leadership. What we would like to say in a replanting that we work with strategically is that there needs to be new leadership within two years. So gotcha, if that okay. person's been there two years or less, Uh, then we'll consider them a replant.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So you are involved in a re How old is your replant?
0: We closed the doors on the church that I'm at currently in 2016, July 2016. We relaunched in January of 2017.
1: Wow. Yeah. So tell me, a little, so you closed for an entire year. What were you doing during that entire year? Doing we it? closed
0: for six months. So July oh, 2016, months, yeah. we closed the doors and immediately started small groups. Gotcha. And we met as small groups for that six months, really going through what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and what does it mean to have an established church? Gotcha. So that was that's the basics cool. of what we did.
1: So basically that's where you were teaching. Then when you gathered together, you would preach even when you would pray for those things. Did you, I'm just curious, did you lose anybody? That was a part of the existing church that, quote unquote, passed away.
0: We did lose two people, but they, they weren't really from a negative response. It was more okay. of uh, this the opportunity when uh, the church replant came about, uh, geographically where they lived, it was a good opportunity for them to move. Yeah, We kept the majority of the people, and they're very, very faithful at our church. Now, there were some situations, like there was one individual who was at the church, and he was titled as an elder. Okay. And he was not an elder. He just, you know, part of the journey <laughs> self-titled of... Self-titled elder, yeah. Um, and he, I don't even think he was self-titled. I think the church may have even put that on him. It oh, okay. was a wonderful brother. He was just a, a, a blue-collar worker in New Orleans. And when we got into the church journey and, and we had asked that everybody step down from leadership, one of the realizations that, that came about is he knew he was an elder. Because <laughs> we began to talk about this is what the Bible says an elder is. But what happened... Uh, We went for two years meeting as a church when we had our launch service and we began having corporate gatherings. We had our first uh, nominations for deacons. I'll remember this. Two years later, and his name got the most votes for deacons because that's exactly what he was. Are you serious? He was a deacon. He was a servant in the life of the church, and he became a deacon in the life of the church. So, you know, it's one of those things. A lot of times people are in a church that may be struggling And they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And that was a wonderful story just about a guy stepping down, the humility of letting something go, saying, hey, the church is more important than me having a position. And then just two years later, by uh, God's grace and the affirmation of the local church, he was our first deacon.
1: Dude, that's kind of, that's cool. Now, you know, the whole replanting thing for me would probably be probably the hardest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And because you're smart, that's what you do. Uh, and you talk about talk a little bit about the health of the church where you are right now, and I want I want to get to something because it blessed me. This this piece of the replant really blessed me as a person that planted a church, and it stayed below. It was the average number. It was below that average number, and we're in the state of Arkansas. The average number in the state of Arkansas is around eighty-five or so. So that's where I kind of kind of maxed out. So tell me a little bit about budget and people and what you're able to do with the replant.
0: Yeah. Well, first we're an imperfect church, like every church. Yeah. yeah. And we have uh, consistently around one hundred and thirty. A big Sunday for us would be one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Gotcha. One hundred and thirty consistently. We our memberships right at a hundred. Okay. So that's kind of where we are numerically, yeah. and we live in a transition. So it seems like every time we have a growth spurt in New Orleans, we have four families leave, not because of something that's wrong with the church, but jobs, uh, family situations arise we've lost many people to the, uh, you know, pattern of hurricanes over the last yeah, well, eight years on the Gulf Coast. It's yeah. been terrible. So yeah. it's transitional and we have people come and go. So we're at that 130 uh, consistently. We have a budget this year of 222000 which okay. previously was $177,000. Okay. Uh, so it's never been a huge budget. Yeah. Uh, we have a co-vocational model of leadership. We don't have any full-time people. There's yeah. a plurality of elders I preach about. Uh, not quite uh, half the time. But a little bit, excuse me, a little bit over half the time. Time okay. in the life of the church, but I have some other brothers that preach alongside me. Okay, so we share responsibility and share leadership, and we've been able to be a part of during that time, uh, either planting fully or just being a part of and supporting six church plants. So we've wow. seen
1: uh, wait well, in seven years. Mm-hmm. That's that's well, I'm sure you're going to release another one here pretty soon. So that's literally a church plant a year that either now are the leaders coming out of your church or you're connecting with others or both and
0: both and both gotcha. and we've had a couple of guys that have come out of our church they've been discovered developed and deployed from within our church gotcha. and then we've had others that have come to the city they know we do a church planting residency okay and they do a part of that residency with us we have a young guy um sheldon early who plants in zachary and he okay. didn't have a huge connection with our church Because he did our residency during COVID. And during COVID, nobody was meeting. He got connected to us. We were doing it all virtually. And he went through our virtual residency. Again, which uh, we didn't think it was the best thing. But he loved it, went through it. And he's a church planner in Zachary, Louisiana. And he's doing a fantastic job. His church has launched. They're growing. And uh, he was a part of uh, just one of those stories of somebody that came from without. And in that unique situation, even through COVID.
1: Wow, that's cool. So I hear... 100 on a row, I'm 100 members, Mm -hmm. resident members. Good Sunday, 130 to 150. Mm -hmm. Budget from 175, 200 or so. Mm -hmm. And seven in seven years, six churches Mm -hmm. in seven years. For me, hearing that, for me, reminds me of this or tells me, speaks this to me. Now, George, a lot of people say, hey, it's George Ross, he's smart, he's gone to seminary, he does this for a living, I mean, he, he can do all of that. What prevents me, the ordinary guy, uh, or somebody else. Let's pick somebody else. Never been to seminary. Uh, have done a little bit. Got the call of God. The whole night has been a great leader. Been able to mobilize people uh, from his youth. Had a lemonade stand and a taco stand and all these other things. Had, had an entrepreneur. What are some of the elements that you can think of that that are just basic that are that are outside of George that you that you could say? You know what? As a replanter, if you just do these things, then it's okay. You've been saying these three words over and over again uh, for, for our summit uh, the last couple of hours. You've been talking about discovering or identifying mm-hmm. who these people are, developing them or discipling them, and then de- de- deploying these folks. I may have answered my question, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, but what are some of those basic principles that if you are going to replant, and be successful and be a multiplying church. What do you have to have as a leader and what do you have to have as a church? Because it can't be a million dollars.
0: Well, first, I think we all need to be good shepherds and especially in a replanting, you've got to have a shepherding spirit because they're people there that need a shepherd that you're gotcha. usually inheriting. Gotcha. So I do think that's one of those conversations. You and I know, because we've been in the church planting world a long time, sometimes church planters don't start with that shepherding heart. Exactly. They need to cultivate that. And if we're called to be an elder, we're called to be a shepherd. That's a non-negotiable. Right. You right. need to be a shepherd. Yeah. So uh, the reality that in a replant, you're shepherding people and you're shepherding that existing congregation, that's one. The other one, as far as multiplication, is just the embrace of, do you believe in the kingdom? You know, yeah. the kingdom of God, as we think about it in the New Testament, the kingdom of God is um, already, it's not yet, we're living in that meantime, and yeah. part of a kingdom mentality, I believe, is seen in Acts chapter 13, where the church in Antioch sends out and gives away some of their very best. They give away Paul and Barnabas. Yeah. The Holy Spirit said, send out for me Paul mm. and Barnabas. Mm. So an open-handedness, that kingdom-mindedness will result in open-handedness. You're yeah. not worried about building your kingdom, your platform. Yeah. Um, you know, you you are embracing the kingdom of God and recognizing that God is building his kingdom. Yeah. And he graciously invites us to join him in building his kingdom. And one of the ways that we can best practice that biblically is planting churches. And even though church planting is not mentioned in the Bible, so we started out today yeah. with me talking about that. Yeah, that's right. But church planting is all over the Bible. That's right. Because evangelism and disciple-making results in new churches. Yeah. And that's what's happening in the New Testament. If we want to be kingdom-minded, we model the church at Antioch And we send out and give away for the sake of the gospel and the advancement of God's kingdom.
1: Yeah, yeah, so if we have those principles. Here's one thing that I picked up. Because you made a comment, and I, it wasn't in the notes. Uh, speaking of notes, in the show notes, we'll be—I'll be referencing those passages of scripture mm-hmm. and those pieces uh, that I got today, with your permission. I'll Absolute. be putting those those pieces in there, not the full outline, but just the pieces that you're referencing. But you said something today that captured my attention. As a leader, we have to walk in—my words, not yours—a level of humility and submission to God, realizing that the folks in our local church don't necessarily belong to us, Mm -hmm. but they've actually belong to God. Because you made a statement, you said, listen, I know you want to hold on. You got a guy that's right there with you and they are a superstar and you want to hold on to them until it's tarnished, whatever, however, because you want them there. But we have to resist the urge to hold them and kind of let them go. Was that, is that easy for you to, how do you, how do you process through that?
0: That is not easy. (laughs) Um, In fact, that, that will come by a consistent overflow in your walk with the Lord. The only way that something like that, a kingdom mindedness of sending out and giving away like that will come is by a consistent walk out of an overflow of your walk with the Lord. Because if you're doing that, you should be consistently reminded, number one, the church is not ours. Right, right, Jesus is the head of the church. Yes, And yes. all of us have gotten into bad language, my church, my church, my church. Yeah. This is the Lord Jesus' church. Yeah. And nothing can prevail over his church. That's right. And it's through the church. The church is the vehicle for expanding God's kingdom. Yeah. So as I think about that, as we are participating in church planning, we're doing something that is a uh, is glorifying the Lord. Yeah. Because the gospel is being... Um, preached, the gospel is being advanced and lives are being changed, which all of those things glorify the Lord.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So no, it's, it's, I don't think it's anything easy for anybody, (laughs) but you can cultivate that attitude and you can cultivate that posture. Um, I've had people that have, we've sent out that have been good friends And, you know, that's even a harder uh, uh, conversation because you lose somebody that's very important to you and you you lose them for the sake of the gospel. You just got to trust the Lord in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to be strong. You You do. This is not for the faint of heart or the weak uh, at all. Uh, I'm watching some guys that are kind of stepping out, doing something. And it's tough. It's Mm -hmm. tough. Not to try to run in and I had to resist that or I'm, I'm at that place now where I just want to, I was cool early, George. I was cool. (laughs) Hey, go ahead. do. But I just, I want to run in and fix. Yeah. I want to run in and go, no, man, what you need to, but they have to develop their uh, leadership personality, their kingdom perspective. They have to look at all that, all that themselves. So. It was kind of tough for me. George, I'm not going to hold you. Thank you so much for just taking a little time today. Listen, uh, there was a, was it a book or was it a process you talked about that, that we that we mentioned earlier? And I want to put that, that book in the show notes. You talked about praying scripture, not the Donald Whitley book, uh, Whitney book, but Daniel Henderson, Daniel Henderson, transforming prayer, transforming prayer. We'll put that book in the show notes. Listen, if you want to learn how to pray through Scripture? Because we talk about Rev. I don't remember in a I think they're all ours. I think it's reverence,
0: reverence, uh, response, response, request, and readiness,
1: and readiness. So that's that. That's where we should take. And and George had us walking through this exercise. That ironically. Part of a new brand new residency that we got some guys there and the very first and we're going to do this for four weeks and they've got to get some resources. Mm-hmm. You just add it to another resource <laughs> that they have to get now, which that's cool because we don't pay for those for them. That's yeah. that's their skin in the game. Yeah. But we're going to put the reference that in the show notes uh, that if if you need between the Donald Whitney book and that book, Daniel Henderson, Henderson, uh, I guarantee you that exercise is it started to change. It wasn't long yeah. because we only we had a little mm-hmm. bit of time, but man, that changed me. George Ross, the send no, the director of South Regional South director. Regional Director. <laughs> South Region Director. <laughs> a of mouthful, yeah, man. there you go. George Ross, an awesome person. How about that? George, thank you so much for Neil, being Neil, God
0: bless you guys. God bless thank
1: you for all you do. Indeed, appreciate you. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Prison We hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you did, or even if you didn't, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe so you'll never miss one episode.